Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who have embraced a global role and reap the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world about what it's like to work globally. If you love adventure and thrive on taking risks and operating outside your comfort zone, join us as we explore the ins and outs of pursuing an international career. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. Our first season dives into what it's like working globally through the pandemic and the outlook for global careers in a post-COVID-19 world. The staggering impact of the coronavirus pandemic on global trade continues to reverberate around the world. Closed borders, travel bans, export restrictions, and interrupted supply chains have exposed the dependency on the worldwide interconnectedness of goods, services, capital, and people to the average consumer. All of a sudden, we couldn't get the supplies we needed. Yet despite the many challenges, our guest today sees opportunities. Lisa Schroeder is the Global Director, Trade and Investment Policy for Dow, the material science company. She's a GW alumna, the President of Women in International Trade, WIT Trust, and a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Lisa's passion for trade and her consensus-building, problem-solving approach have enabled her to identify current industry challenges amidst the pandemic and turn them into opportunities. What solutions does she envision? And how will those impact working globally in a post-COVID-19 world? Have a listen as Lisa shares practical ways to gain experience during these virtual times and her tips for growing a network in the virtual world. And hear what she says is the best decision she ever made and wants listeners to follow suit. Welcome, Lisa. It's a pleasure to have you with us to talk about international careers and working globally through the pandemic. Thank you so much, Stacey. I appreciate the opportunity. One of the objectives of this podcast, Lisa, is to provide a sense of the careers that are out there. You've had such a successful and fulfilling career in global trade. What a time to be in trade. Wow. Tell us, what does a career in trade policy really encompass? That is such a great question. And as you mentioned, pretty topical these days. And for me, that's one of the great things about trade policy. There's never been more interesting time to get involved both because there's so much activity in the policy space and that creates opportunities, whether you're working for a a private sector company like mine or you're working in the public sector for government or at any of our embassies around the world, or doing the same on behalf of other countries, foreign companies that have spent so much time and effort in investing in the United States. But what I really think is interesting about trade is that it's, such an open area in terms of covering so many other interesting uh, issues that are playing out in the world today. Trade is a great avenue to work on broader issues like environment. We're having conversations about WTO wants to work more on the trade and environment space. Development, when you think about how trade agreements are trying to drive economic reform in emerging economies, places like Africa and others around the world, or even women's empowerment, global health. The great thing about trade policy is it's very, it's not black and white. It's very hard to set a border around it. And at the end of the day, it becomes a great avenue to address a lot, to be able to work on a lot of issues. And for me, that's always been an exciting part of the job. You make quite the compelling case for a career in trade. If a student's considering such a career, what do they need to know? Tell us, how can they prepare to enter the field, especially now? 
So a great thing about trade is it's really a very skills-based and diverse area. You need to know things like um, how to get access to information, how to concisely uh, pull together information and analysis so that you've got in a one-pager what's going on in the world, what does it mean to us, and what are we going to go do about it? And do you have the ability to communicate those issues um, in a clear, compelling way to senior executives? A lot of this is communication skills, but a lot of it is also about building a network and resources so that you have access to what's going on, not just locally, um, but in whatever part of the world that you're dealing with. So those social communication skills are really critical. And I imagine these skills are even more important these days in our mostly virtual world. So how has your industry been affected by the pandemic? For the chemical industry, clearly we have been, uh, for the most part, essential providers throughout the pandemic. A lot of our materials go into what have been incredibly important, necessary uh, COVID uh, response and recovery materials, like PPE, like pharmaceuticals, like um, hand sanitizer. Um, so that's very much been something where from an operational standpoint, you know, we've been able to uh, keep facilities running um, and clearly for an industry like ours, where safety and security are such a crucial part of everyday operations, much less now during the pandemic, uh, we've been able to do everything we can to ensure the safety and security of our workforce too. From an industry standpoint, you know, that's something where to relate it to where we are in trade policy, you know, I happen to chair, we have an international um, council of chemical associations, the ICCA is a group that brings together leading chemical uh, trade associations from around the world. Um, and as the chair of their trade network, that was something we were looking to leverage to really, you know, demonstrate how the industry was trying to be supportive and how we could translate that into some of the lessons learned through the pandemic, uh, ways to translate that into um, opportunities for, for policy going forward that could help us not only recovering from the pandemic, but looking more broadly at economic recovery writ large. So as the ICCA, we had submitted a, a letter into the G20 to really help demonstrate kind of those essential contributions but then also look at things that we've learned along the way, like uh, customs allowing electronic documentation. You know, something many countries have been committed to for a long time, you know, may or may not have fully moved into implementation, but something that's really been proven through the pandemic that helps us get things like medical materials and PPE uh, to communities that much quicker. So it's really kind of gone hand in hand when you think about you know, how uh, companies have looked to evolve and continue to contribute in this space, and then also how those lessons learned can help us you know, do better as we go forward. I'm really glad to hear that some good is coming out of it, especially as it relates to a more efficient global supply chain for essential materials and supplies. Is there a particular geographic example that you can point to that you've seen around the world that has made great progress in this space? Well, for the chemical industry, really being such a global industry to begin with, you know, obviously so many of us, uh, like my company, we've got operations, we operate in 31 countries around the world, we sell in 170. So from a supply chain standpoint, um, there was a lot of opportunity making sure that 
particularly where there were um, economies that had maybe shut down more, that there were still opportunities or um, ways to ensure you know, that we could maintain that security of supply. Um, I think that's certainly been a challenge. I think as a lot of us you know, are re-looking at kind of how that globe spans out, again, it's one of the areas of opportunity from the perspective of, you know, how can we make sure identifying some of these maybe antiquated or outdated barriers, you know, are there an opportunity for growth? When you look at Africa, for example, where many of the countries actually came together and while they already had uh, a broad commitment on driving a continental African free trade agreement, um, which would be obviously something that'll take some time to actually implement, but it's a huge step forward in building really more of an intra-Africa market. Um, those countries also look to, some countries in there, look to accelerate that by actually building a platform, public and private sector together, um, that could facilitate, streamline, and make more efficient the delivery of COVID response materials. So I think for a lot of us, this has been an opportunity to really relook at supply chain and what are the upgrades that you know, we've been talking about for so long, um, but what are the ways that we can all work together, public and private sector, um, to make things more efficient, especially as we look at, and hopefully as we all see soon, you know, uh, um, uh, as we start to come out of this, the pandemic, that we can look at ways to you know, accelerate and secure the economic recovery that'll benefit everybody. Well, that's a great example and one that I'll try to follow in the progress in the coming months. Um, I'm in Africa. That's really neat. There's lots of opportunity out there, but it's also been such a trying time for most of us. What positive changes have you noticed? Have you seen any? You know, Are you hopeful? What do you think is going to continue post-pandemic that you look forward to? I have to say, I think that's one of the good things that's kind of coming out of this time period is that as people being at home without doing their commutes or big travel trips, you know, there is more time to basically invest more time in these relationships. Um, I feel I really notice that as I'm doing Zoom and Teams and WebEx calls all day long, um, you do take the time to be more personal, to get to know colleagues, to spend those first 10 or 15 minutes rather than it being transactional and jumping straight into the project finding out how they're doing, how's their family, how's their, how their community is responding. That's really good advice for all of us, to use technology to connect with teams and people, each other on a deeper level. Bring back some of the humanity that has gone missing from many of the work environments, you know, caused by this 24-7 digital demand. We're always on, on, on. It's something that I know I learned when I've worked internationally on in my days in Hong Kong. Yet the pandemic has highlighted some problems with globalization. Now, what's your take on the long-term impact of COVID on globalization? Well, I think clearly, as you've said, uh, this is definitely, um, I think, two sides of the story. So you really see where a lot of the concerns come from um, and very valid concerns. You know, there has been, there are serious uh, inequality issues that have come out, you know, both trade and the broader economic system. Um, there are also, you know, real reasons to rethink you know, particularly the way globalization has happened, you know, diverse, better diversification of your supply chain because no one wants to be stuck with, you know, a single supplier at a time where that territory may end up in lockdown. Um, that said, it does still create a lot of opportunities for at the end of the day, 
you know, no one country produces everything and no one country has access to everything that they need to produce, nor do they have access in one country to the consumer base that's going to make commerce and innovation um, successful. But where we can really come together is, you know, how do we take a lot of these lessons learned through this pandemic time period and think about what we can do together you know, to make this a better place? Um, and I think particularly when you look at issues like women's economic empowerment or innovation and sustainability, these can be great examples of where, you know, when we think of globalization, it isn't just that production element. It's also that sharing of ideas and creativity and practicality that helps us solve real challenges around the planet. That's really well said, Lisa. You know, it sounds like the global workforce will require different skills, right, to work through and achieve some of these goals. What are some of those that you think are needed in a post-COVID world? The opportunity to continue to learn new skills and to really continue to grow your network. I think, I know particularly in trade policy, that's a critical element of it because uh, knowing who to talk to, how to find out what's going on, that just what we talked about before, learning what's going on in other economies or other cultures, you know, what's the real drive, not just what you've heard or what you've read on the internet, you know, but what are people on the ground really saying? You know, that ability to kind of continue to, um, ensure a strong uh, resource of information and connections is going to be really critical, whether it's because you're looking to move on and try something new, or you really need that expertise to contribute to the job that you're doing right now. Building on that, can you focus a bit more closely on students? Boy, my heart goes out to them. They're not having the traditional college experience these days. What are some of the things that they might be able to do now to help them prepare to go global? I do think there are ways kind of similar as what we've talked about when you think about technology and the opportunity and people do have uh, a little bit more time on their hands nowadays. And I feel like particularly I can speak for the, the trade community here in DC. You know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people who have had really good experience that enjoy giving back. So whether it's, you know, getting on the WIT distribution list and maybe dialing into a couple of their webinars, you know, pick out issues that you find interesting and find opportunities to be educated in a way that's outside of your textbook. Um, you know, we've done a couple, there were a couple of WIT seminars recently on USMCA, for example, in the trade negotiations. And those panels are led by some of the people who did the negotiation. It's a great practical uh, learning on many of the topics that you might be learning in class, but now you're getting a very real world interpretation. So looking for those opportunities to engage, and I think particularly hear from you know, the community that maybe you're thinking about joining, you, know, you want to get a sense of, of what, um, what experts are out there talking about what they're doing, that also starts to create the network that we're talking about. You know, many of those individuals, they're committing to do a panel, they'd also be happy to do a coffee. And while it's a virtual coffee these days, you know, being able to connect with people, get a sense of how things really operate at that practical level in a town like DC, um, or for that matter, a town like Brussels, reaching out through the alumni group, through some of these uh, trade organizations, 
I think really does kind of give you gives you a way to balance um, the opportunity of looking at you know how you're learning in class versus how people are really conveying how these issues play out in the real world. Lots of terrific practical advice, Lisa. Wow, terrific. And, you know, as a GW alumna, very special, you know firsthand the benefits of the GW community. Tell us, how did GW prepare you for a career in this space? I think, and I I have always said it, I'm so lucky that I chose GW and was able to study there because I think what was really unique about the experience there was location. You know, I know it's hard to imagine, and having grown up in a small town, I really wasn't sure a city school was going to be where I wanted to be. But what I loved about GW was the opportunity to get out into the broader Washington professional community um, and start to learn things, especially learning what I did not want to do for the rest of my life. So important. And as students explore the options that DC offers, they can also begin to hone skills learned outside the classroom. Can you share with us some of those skills, traits that you believe helped you to be more successful when working internationally and living cross-culturally? Well, I think maintaining that lifelong learning is a big part of being able to work internationally and especially across cultures. You have to be interested in what's going on in the rest of the world. Um, and I think that especially that's especially important when in your in an area like trade policy, where you're working on negotiations or trying to build consensus. One of the critical elements of that is understanding where your counterpart is coming from, what motivates them, how do you help kind of convey the direction of where you want, whether it's a trade negotiation or you know a common joint position paper between trade associations or just resolving issues that you have at hand. If you know where the other side is, you can build a strategy that helps both sides win, creates a better opportunity for you to be successful. So I think maintaining that interest in really learning at a deeper level how another culture operates, uh, what's gonna be successful, what motivates them, is a really critical part of being successful in the international arena. You have to listen. And you have to ask questions. Indeed, indeed. And not only listening with our ears, but also with our eyes, paying attention to the nonverbal cues as well. Yet it's not always that easy. There are so many speed bumps along the way, right? Oh, there absolutely are. And I think for anyone, particularly when you get into a big organization, you know, one of the first challenges is always just the bureaucracy and the culture and figuring out how things operate. So what are the key priorities in trade policy today that students considering a career should be aware of? I think one of the really important things is, uh, especially as you process issues these days, access to multiple trusted sources of information are really key. One of the things that I learned, particularly in studying abroad, um, and actually there was a great class when I was at GW on political geography, that really talked about a lot of how you've learned to look at the world, obviously is based on where you come from. Um, But that also means the counterparts that you're working with who come from other cultures, they have their own uh, inherent and historical cultural biases. So having multiple sources of information helps you get much more credibly to what's truly going on. I'd like you to step back a moment, Lisa, and reflect on your career. What advice do you wish you had been given and at what point? It's okay to change your mind. Go ahead and make the change. 
you know, I feel there were, there were times where I definitely held on uh, longer than I meant to because you worry about that. What if I never get that next job? Um, there's plenty to do out there. It might take time and it might take a lot of effort, um, but make sure you're doing the work that you find value in. You know, that's true. I, I think it's great advice because I think so many people today have become risk averse. You know, we've had to retract a bit due to the pandemic. So yes, be brave, be courageous, be curious, move forward. Great, great advice. But before we wrap up, would you share a favorite experience or a memory from somewhere along your global life? Um, I have to say studying abroad was without a doubt the best move I've ever made in my life. Um, and at the time, uh, I actually had to transition out of GW uh, in order to take the program to study in Paris. Um, and actually, Brussels as well was a different school. And I can remember that panic attack before I left of, I'm leaving my school, I'm leaving my friends, I'm moving to a, another country. I've never even been out of the country. Um, but it was such an opportunity to, Stacey, you said it before, really learn who I was. You know, that opportunity to be independent, to be out of your comfort zone, and just to plant your own two feet and figure out how to make it all work and how to really enjoy and benefit from it. Um, hands down, best experience of my life, best decision of all. It's worth taking that time, whether it's you find an internship or a temporary post to work for an organization for a bit. Um, actually being on the ground somewhere teaches you so much about uh, who you are, uh, learning their culture, and also better to learning to appreciate. I mean, I certainly know I came back with a much um, greater understanding and appreciation for um, how much I love the United States of America. That is a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Yes, study abroad, so near and dear to my heart. So many ways to go abroad, but for now, they're on hold. You know, fingers crossed we emerge soon enough that students can go next semester and have as life-changing an experience as you just described. It's beautiful. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add, a piece of advice or something you'd like to share? Everybody's path is a little bit different, but the great thing about these kind of conversations is, you know, you can get a sense of, you know, what have, how have others been successful, but translate that into a way of, of what is really going to be my unique path. And I would say it's, it's a piece of advice I've always given out on informational interviews, especially is you really want to think about uh, the culture of an organization in terms of not just, you know, the name of the girl oh, that's working for us trade reps office, or, you know, that's it's Dow chemical. You know, these are all great organizations, but you also need to think about where you're going to be successful. Wonderful. Great advice, Lisa. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. This conversation has been a wonderful source of information and inspiration. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for the opportunity. You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast, working globally through the pandemic and the outlook for global careers in a post-COVID-19 world. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, go global.